how good is it to have our kids lead us in worship this morning? I just, I am in awe of them. And um, Eliana Solback finished off that video and you asked the question, what does baptism mean to you? And her answer, everything, it, I, it blows me away. And to see them, you guys may recognize her because this morning Eliana actually led us in worship. She was right at the front here as part of the kids' worship team. And um, I think... I think we live in a time where it's really hard to be a kid. I think it's harder to be a kid than it, now than it was when I was a kid. Um, rates of depression and rates of suicidal feelings, um, especially in Fort McMurray, rates of post-traumatic stress in our kids, it's all on the rise. They have, they have a hard time. And for them to stand on this stage and sing the words, you say I am loved when I don't feel a thing. Um, it is incredibly powerful. They can teach us so, so much. Um, I, uh, I just, I, that was very special this morning. And uh, you guys might not know this, but you definitely know it now. Um, we have a lot of kids here at Fort City, uh, like boatloads and boatloads of kids. And last year, um, some of our leadership team here at Fort City got to meet with six pastors from the Toronto area who lead fairly large churches, and it was a chance for us to pick their brains and kind of learn from them. So we asked all kinds of questions like, uh, how do you best grow your church? How do you get people involved? How are you reaching the community around your church? And there was one question that I made sure to ask each one of these pastors. I thought it was important, and I asked them, of your weekly attendance, what percentage is children? And they all had very similar answers. They answered between 15 and 20% of their weekly attendance is kids. And do you guys want to guess what, what our weekly attendance is in, in kids? It's, it's 35%. It's double those big, large Toronto area churches. Um, we have a lot of kids. And you know what that tells me? Um, it's very scientific. You guys are good at making babies. <laughs> like so much so that it should probably become like our church motto, like Fort City, our church has more sex than yours, right? <laughs> I bet you people will get butts in the seats if that was our motto. You know, we have so many kids uh, here that uh, a couple of years ago we had to go to two services. Um, our kids' area upstairs was bursting at the seams. And even right now, we could probably still jam-pack every single adult into this room for a single service. It'd be uncomfortable. You'd have to sit next to each other, and you, you guys wouldn't like that. But we could probably do it. But there is no way that we could fit all of our kids upstairs into one service. We have to have two services because of our kids. What a fantastic problem for us to have. And I, I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. And, and I believe something about kids' ministry. I think it is the most important thing that we do here at Fort City. I think it is more important than the preaching and the worship and everything that happens downstairs. I think what happens upstairs is so incredibly important. Our kids are learning to love like Jesus and that they are loved by Jesus. 
And they are learning how to pray to Him and ask Him to lead their lives. And they are learning to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out into the world and be world changers. Let me give you an example of this. This week, eight-year-old uh, Amelia Jenkins came into the church office and she had designed a Fort City Church newsletter herself and she wanted to make copies. And actually on the back of the newsletter is this comic that she created. And you're, none of you are listening to me now because you're all trying to read the comic. I promise you it is hilarious and very well done. And this is an example of the newsletter that she made eight years old, and in this newsletter is an invitation to come to our Christmas Eve service and an invitation to come to the Bus Lights Tour, which is happening next month. And she came into the office with this that she made herself, and uh, she asked to make 25 copies of it because she wants to hand it out to her whole class. This eight-year-old little girl is doing more to tell people about Jesus than most of us have in a long time. She knows something important, and she wants her friends to know it too. I have been guilty in the past of saying stuff like, a strong kids ministry builds a strong future church. And I think I have to admit that I was wrong. I think a strong kids ministry makes for a strong church right now. Fort City is better because of our kids. But that hasn't happened by accident. And, and we haven't gotten to this place alone. We are living in the house that Christians who came before us have built. Uh, some of you may know that uh, our, our seven-year-old son, Camille, is adopted. Um, we haven't told him yet. So... Please don't, don't ruin that. We're trying to figure out how to break the news. Camille was born in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and we adopted him when he was 11 months old. And to make a long, very painful story very short, because of political grandstanding and government corruption, Camille and many other adopted children in the DRC were not allowed to leave the country to be united with their parents. Uh, he and these other kids ended up being trapped in DRC for over three years. Uh, those three years were some of the longest, most painful years of my life. But during that time, there was a single photo that we had of Camille that brought us great comfort and became very important to us. It was a picture of him in a church. We took comfort knowing that his foster mom was taking care of him and that God was taking care of him too. Now, you fast forward today to today and uh, Camille is home and he pees all over the toilet seat just like any other seven-year-old boy. He's just a normal kid, a normal part of our family. And last week we went to a thing called Prayer Retreat. Uh, it's where all the pastors from our denomination gather together for three days of prayer and worship and teaching. We're part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance in Canada. And so uh, there was a, a, close to a thousand pastors gathered together last week. And the speaker for this year's conference was a man named Kenzo, who is from the DRC, just like Camille. And he's part of four generations of pastors who have been building the nearly one million person Christian and Missionary Alliance church presence in the DRC. 
And so randomly last week, we're at this conference, and guess who we got sat next to? Kenzo and his wife. This family of pastors who most likely built the church where our little boy was taken care of. The very family who has been developing the church in the DRC for generations. What do you say to a man and woman like that? Well, my wife knew because she knows everything. With tears in her eyes, she took their hands and she thanked them for being faithful to do what God had asked them to do. She thanked them for being faithful to be who God created them to be. And she looked them in the eyes and she thanked them because the house that they built yesterday is the house that my family gets to live in today. The house they built yesterday is the house that we live in today. I have to tell you guys something. I believe with all of my heart that the local church is the hope of the world. That what we do on here on a Sunday morning and throughout the week is some of the most important work a person can do. And I am convinced that the story of Jesus is the most important story ever told. And it is our privilege and our duty to share that story with the whole world. The church, that's, that's you and me. The church is the way that God has chosen to reveal His self to the world. We are the way that God introduces Himself to people. We are the vehicle for His hope. And I am always amazed, always amazed that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. And even with all of that, He has chosen you and me, imperfect as we are, to be the way He reveals Himself to the world. That He has included us in this sacred work. We are truly in this together. Now, Generally, before the message on a Sunday morning, uh, we take an offering. The Connection team hands out bags, and uh, we talk about how to give through the app, and we encourage people to set up recurring giving, and it's kind of this whole thing that we talk about every Sunday. We think it's important to give and important to be generous, uh, and you may have noticed that we have not done that today, and we're not going to do it either. Today, we're not taking offering. Uh, today's message is about giving. It's about what it means to support this church and the work that we do here with your finances. About what it means to partner together and build a community where everyone is welcome, where no one is perfect, and where anything can happen. And the last thing I want today for you to feel like is that we are trying to emotionally manipulate you into giving. That we are browbeating you to part with your hard-earned money. This is not about giving to pay the bills or to take care of our aging building. It's about you and me deciding that we want to build together the house today that we want to live in tomorrow. Now, I'm going to say something that you probably have never heard in church before. Don't give. Don't give today. Keep your wallets in your pockets, leave your purse hanging off the chair, don't give today. But, here's full disclosure. I'm going to spend the next few minutes talking about one of my favorite Jesus stories from the Bible. 
And at the end of the message, I'm going to encourage you to go home. And if you have a spouse, to talk to them or somebody who is important to you, talk to them to speak to your friends and, and, and maybe even to consider praying about it. And then decide sometime this week if you think becoming a regular and generous supporter of this church and what we do here is something that you want to be a part of. And if you've never given before, to consider stepping out in faith and deciding to support the mission of this church. And if you are already a giver, to decide that maybe there might be a reason or a place where you could grow in your generosity. A challenge today to go home and decide later this week if you want to start building the house today that you want your friends and your family and your kids and your co-workers to benefit from tomorrow. Jesus knew how to draw a crowd. It was one of his greatest skills. Uh, he would draw people of all kinds, rich and poor, old and young, religious and non-religious. They went out of their way to meet him. And I mean, when you do the sorts of things that Jesus did in his life, of course he'd want to meet him. Now, Luke tells us about one of these times. Uh, Luke as in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke who wrote about the life of Jesus. Uh, Luke was a physician, and so when he sat down to write out the story uh, of Jesus, he was methodical and careful to only report the facts. He spoke to eyewitnesses and people who had lived uh, with Jesus and who were closest to Jesus. And, and Luke was a bit of an outsider too, so Jesus and all of his disciples were Jewish, uh, and Luke was not. And so Luke is looking at it from the outside, looking in, just wanting to report the facts without trying to color them in any way. And so he wrote what he did so that you and I could have an accurate record of a historical event. So Luke tells us that Jesus is teaching and he's doing Jesus things in a house in town. And he tells us that people from all over had come to see him. And he tells us that Jesus wasn't just teaching in this house, that he was, something special was happening, that he was also healing people and so in the ancient world if somebody is offering healing for what ails you uh, word spread quickly and the house became overran with people uh, there was a group of friends that heard jesus was in town and he was healing people and instantly they knew they had an opportunity because they had a paralyzed friend that was living his life confined to a mat on the ground and they knew something was happening and they knew something that their friend didn't know, that Jesus was in town. And there was hope for him. On the first day of the horse river fire, my four-person crew was initially assigned to protect the neighborhood of Beacon Hill. Uh, things were crazy up there. Many of you know that and experienced it firsthand. Uh, and by the time that everyone is evacuated from Beacon Hill, we ended up being reassigned to an area in Wood Buffalo. I'll be honest, uh, you may have heard me say this before, um, but I was very annoyed at that reassignment. Uh, at the time, I felt like we were driving away from the front lines, like we were running uh, away from where the fire was. And uh, the truth is that our crew, because we didn't have a radio uh, communication with command, um, we did not know that the fire had crossed the river. And so we thought we were being assigned to Wood Buffalo just to do nothing. But we got there, and we did what we were told, and we started doing preventative work uh, to protect the neighborhoods. And suddenly, we heard a siren coming from the sky. It was a bird dog, which is the small plane that kind of goes ahead of the larger planes to lead them in to, to where the water bombers are going to drop their water. And, and we looked up, 
and suddenly they were right upon us. And it happened twice, and we're actually going to show uh, some video from that. You guys can roll that now. So there we were in Wood Buffalo thinking nothing is going to happen and suddenly there's water bombers dropping their fire retardant 25 feet away from us. After that we climbed up onto the house that we were to, where we were and we could see over the tree line and we discovered that the fire was on its way, that it was barreling towards us. Those pilots knew something that we did not know. They had the perspective, the knowledge, and the facts that we needed. And I am very thankful that they decided to help. The same is true in this story that we're talking about. These friends had important information. They knew Jesus was in town. They knew that people were being healed. And they knew that there was hope, even though their friend had no idea. And the same is true for us. If you are here today, if you are part of Fort City, if you believe that Jesus lived and died and was resurrected so that we could have hope, if you believe there's hope for the hopeless and healing for the broken, then, then you know something important. But just knowing something important isn't enough. We have to share what we know. We have to do something about this truth that we carry around inside of us. And faith in Fort City isn't just about us gathering together on Sunday mornings or throughout the week just so we can learn more about God, just so we can know more together. This place is about doing something with what we have discovered, about reaching our community with the good news that we love them and that Jesus loves them too. Now, we try to do that in a lot of different creative ways. Um, in a month, we're hosting the Christmas Lights bus tour. Uh, and it's an event where everyone gets on a bus. We take them around the city, showing them Christmas lights. And i got to just be totally honest, I don't get it. If I had a choice, there is no way I would buy tickets to take my kids on a, bu- a bus-, bus full of stinky kids and drive around the city. I just don't get it, okay? But I must be wrong because in a week the tickets are going to go on sale and we're anticipating within the first two days 800 tickets being sold. And so people like it. It's something that we do that that people end up really enjoying. Um, But what does a Christmas Lights bus tour have to do with Jesus? And what does it have to do with our faith? And, and, And let me answer that question for you. There are people in this room right now and even in the first service whose first time stepping through the doors of our church was at a Christmas lights bus tour. We are able to track, and we see it often, where a kid will check in a Kid City on a Sunday for the first time, never having previously checked in anywhere else except Christmas lights bus tour. 
is a way that we can connect with our community because we know something important that we want them to know. And if getting a chance to share that with them means uh, going on a bus ride around the town looking at Christmas lights, then that's something that we are going to do. What we know is just too important to be boring and to keep it to ourselves. So these friends... They've got their paralyzed body. They go to their paralyzed body and they tell them about Jesus. There's a chance that you might be able to walk again. And so together, these friends, they each kind of take a side of the mat that he's been living on and they pick him up off the ground and they begin carrying him towards Jesus. And There's a problem though, right? They get there and the place is packed. People are spilling out the windows and out the door. It's a huge crowd. There's no way they're ever going to get in. And, and so they just looked at their friend and they said, sorry, buddy, and they turned around and they went home. The end. Right? No, they didn't. Too much was at stake. This was too important for them to give up. They pushed through the crowd the best they could, but they, they couldn't get to the front door. They could only get to the side of the house. And they're looking around, trying to figure out a way to get their friend in to meet Jesus so he could be healed. And then one of them looks up. And he sees the roof. And he says, why don't we go up there? And they climb up onto the roof. And they kind of guess. They're walking around the roof and they try to kind of guess where Jesus is in the house. And you know what they did? They made a hole in the roof, right above Jesus. And then they lowered their friend down through that hole and placed him at the feet of Jesus. Now, so far this is a lovely story, right? Unless for the homeowner and you have, and you have a brand new skylight that you weren't planning on installing. And so this paralyzed guy, he's at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus looks down at him and he's, he's helpless and He's been living on a mat for so long. Jesus takes compassion on him and he, he looks up this hole in the ceiling. You know, there's four dumb faces looking at him down through the hole. And then Luke tells us the most amazing part of this story. Luke tells us when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friends, or so friend, your sins are forgiven. When Jesus saw their faith, their faith, did you guys know that because of your faith, Jesus might just do something about somebody else's faith? Did you know that because of your faith, Jesus might heal somebody else? Did you know that because of your serving, that Jesus might lead someone to make the decision to be baptized? Did you know that because of your giving, Jesus might radically change somebody's life forever? Did you know that you have that power? In your faith. And Jesus went on to heal this poor paralyzed man. And, and Luke doesn't tell us how he got out of there. But I like to imagine that with his newfound mobility, he looked up and he climbed out the hole in the roof just to prove that he could do it. To where his friends are waiting for him. Because when you support a local church like Fort City with your finances... When you give generous and sometimes even sacrificially, you are cutting a hole in the roof so that people can meet Jesus. One of the things that I used to hate most about being an EMT was that I would often drop off patients at the hospital and never find out if they made it or not. 
Uh, you do your best in the back of the ambulance. You do your treatments. You do everything you can do. And then you drop them off at the ER and you never see them again. You never know if what you did worked. You never know if they made it. But just because I couldn't see the result of my work didn't make my work any less important. It's the same when you choose to back a local church. It's, it's the same that you just, when you decide that you want to build this house. So you may never get to see that your support made it so a family could go to counseling when they so desperately needed it. You may never see that your support helped a student decide that this life is actually worth living. You may never see that your support made it possible for someone to discover that there is more to this life than they ever thought there was. You may never get to know who is on the mat that you are carrying towards Jesus. But it is still worth it. Much of the good work that happens here at Fort City, you may never hear about. But luckily for us, it's not all like that. Since the start of 2018, Fort City has been part of 32 baptisms. That is amazing. In less than two years, Fort City has baptized more people than we had in the previous 10. God is at work in this community. You guys are stepping up and lives are being changed because of it. And so two Sundays from now, we are having another baptism Sunday because we have to. It's a chance for you to go public with your faith and it's a special way for the rest of us in the room to see who has been on our mat the whole time. So if you're ready to get baptized, please don't leave here today without talking to me. If you have questions about it or concerns, come find me. I'll answer them for you. We would love for December 1st for there to be something to cheer about in this room. So, that's it. I like you guys. I like this church. And I think this place, this mission, this faith, this community, I think it's worth your investment. <laughs> I'm sorry, if today is your first time at Fort City, welcome. This is the one Sunday a year we talk about giving, and you came, so please don't let it ruin you. Come back next week, where we're also going to talk a bit about giving. <laughs> but please come back. So, in review, don't give today. If you've never given before, then I want you to leave this place today without giving. And I want you to ask yourself, and if someone's important to you, to talk to them and, and to pray and to ask the question if maybe it's time for you to put your money where your faith is. To step out on faith knowing that God has asked you and me to be the most generous people in this world. And He has asked His church to, to, to He has asked you and me to be His church in this community that so desperately needs Him. And if you're already somebody who gives, thank you. Then I want you to leave this place today and ask yourself, your spouse, pray to God, and to see if you can help this church to go further than we ever thought possible, to reach more people than we knew we could, to do more good work than we ever planned on doing. And then sometime later today, sometime this week, pull out your phone or your laptop and decide to give what is in your heart to give. 
I've only been a full-time pastor for about a year and a half now. And working here has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. I love you guys. I love serving you guys. I love this place. And Doug has been incredible. Uh, he gives me lots of opportunities to preach and, and grow like this and challenge myself and hold my craft. And, and one of the things that I've discovered in this past year and a half is that if you're going to preach, uh, you need to have a lot of stories. Uh, because if you don't have stories, you're, you're going to become boring and people aren't going to listen. And so we discovered I needed more stories. And my wife, who, who knows everything and it makes me a better human being, bought me a book that uh, it basically was about living a fuller life. Living a life that's worth talking about. Um, living a life that embraces story. And so I'm reading this book. We're out at Gregoire Lake. I'm sitting on the beach and um, I'm reading this book about living life to the fullest. And my kids keep up coming up to me and bugging me dad come swim with us in the lake and I, no no dad come swim swim with us in the lake no i can't come and swim with you i'm reading a book about living life <laughs> to the fullest talking about missing the point right guys for some of us and i'm speaking to myself too for some of us it's time to stop reading about our faith and it's time to start living it. It's time to start being the life-giving church that Jesus wants us to be. It's time to invest where we believe. For some of us, it means it's time to get off the beach. Let's build the house today that our city desperately needs us to be tomorrow. Let's take a minute to pray. Jesus, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for our kids' worship team that led us in worship earlier. And what an incredible uh, inspiration they are to us. And what an incredible example of what it means to learn about you and to do something with it. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for each person in this room, each person who makes up Fort City, each person who uh, is here and searching and trying to discover what it means to be closer to you and to be more like you. And Jesus Day, we've talked about money. We've talked about what it means to support this church. And Father God, for those in this room and for those watching online, that Father God, that, that for each one of us, you would illuminate in our lives where you have blessed us so that we can bless others. That you will shine a light on the places where you have given us much so that we can give much. Jesus Help us to think ahead, to see the future, and to know that we need to build the house today that we want to live in tomorrow, that we want to be the church today that our city so desperately needs tomorrow. Jesus, bless each one this morning. Pray us in your holy names. Amen.